Welcome back to another episode on the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast. I'm currently 35 weeks pregnant. I have been performing resistance training, also known as weight training or strength training. So I'm going to be calling that resistance training today because that's what it is called in the research. And I have been doing this pretty regularly throughout my pregnancy and I will say it's been kind of a big experiment, but doing so has not only caused me to continue to have a way that I manage my stress, but I've actually felt physically so much better from continuing to stay strong and lift weights three times a week. And today, the topic, if you haven't guessed it yet, is going to be related to why you as a woman need to be lifting weights. And it can be as little as two to three times per week. And while these benefits that we're going to talk about, they aren't gender specific. So it's not like, oh, you're only going to get these benefits if you're a female or you're only going to get these if you're a male. I know that the person that I'm speaking to does more cardio regularly and enjoys that, and that's great. There's benefits from that as well. But while you may be inclined to lean more towards that type of exercise instead of picking heavy stuff up and then putting it back down, my goal today is to try to help you feel more educated on the topic. We're going to talk about some of the research behind why resistance training is so, so, so beneficial for your health. What I have found is that typically lack of education on a given topic can make you feel really intimidated about the topic, unprepared when you're trying to address it, maybe even scared and confused as to why you should try something new that you don't really know much about and it's you know, it's kind of just intimidating to think about. So the goal today is to clarify some of that confusion and to have you walk away from here convinced beyond a shadow of a doubt that you need to make time for resistance training in your life. Welcome to the Smart Bells Fitness Podcast, where we as everyday women choose to make health simple. We fuel ourselves mindfully and move intentionally. When we aren't lifting weights, spending time with people we love, or enjoying nature in our downtime, you can probably find us chilling in our yoga pants, wearing blue light blocker glasses before bed, so we can get amazing sleep and wake up feeling ready to conquer the day. <laughs> I'm Kelsey Miller, kinesiology prof and founder of Smart Bells Fitness. I'm your new fitness BFF who's obsessed with helping you simplify your health. Eating, lifting, and managing stress doesn't have to be complicated. And here you'll learn how to implement bite-sized habits that will change your life. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get pumped up for today's show. Today, we're going to just dive into all these awesome specific benefits of resistance training. So there's a lot of research that's been done on this. We have tons of physical benefits, mental benefits, physiological benefits, which kind of affect physical and mental. And specifically for women, there has been some research that has been done on treating postmenopausal women or women who have dementia, women during pregnancy who are experiencing back pain. There's all these specific populations, right, that have had clusters of research done on them. So we definitely will talk about those today, but I'm also going to talk about the benefits that are more general that apply to both genders. 
So a few of these include the following, okay? So there's different body composition benefits that you'll get. There's enhancing mood and reducing stress, reducing the risk of pain and injury, Improved athletic performance is also relevant here. So having an improved metabolic rate, increasing bone density and reducing the risk of osteoporosis, which I mentioned just a second ago, resting blood pressure, decreasing that number, which is also tied into reducing your risk for hypertension. Finally, heart disease and diabetes reduction in the risk of developing those. That was 10 really quick things that I just listed. And there's also improved physical performance and movement control when it comes to cognitive abilities and self-esteem. So there's all these different things. And I'm just gonna go back to the beginning. We'll start with body composition, but I'll briefly talk about each one of these and why it's so important for you to know about and how it's gonna apply to you. For everyday women who are busy, who are working, who are trying to manage balancing a family with their work and also staying fit and healthy so that they can be there for their families, this is really, really important. And there's huge reasons to engage in this because there's a lot of evidence that shows age-related muscle loss. So going back to that first benefit that I talked about, body composition changes. So when you lose muscle after the age of 30, you're on a downward slope, which is not super encouraging. However, you can actually slow down that rate of change in that decline in muscle mass. It's between three and 8% each decade, which that's three and eight percent of your total muscle that you're losing every 10 years. That comes down to about 0.2 kilograms of lean weight loss per year. Now that amount of muscle loss is actually going to increase when you get to 50 years old. It's going to increase to five to ten percent each decade after 50. So skeletal muscle that we're talking about right now, which is talking about 40 percent of your total body weight, so when you think about the muscles in your legs or the muscles in your arms, the muscles that are essentially connecting your skeleton together, that's what we're talking about here. And the reason why this is so important for you, not just to look a certain way, and it's not bad to have physical goals, right? It's not bad to want to look leaner or more toned, which is what I hear women say a lot, which essentially when you're saying you wanna be leaner and more toned, what you, really are saying is that you want to have higher amounts of lean muscle mass and you want it to show and resistance training is the only way that you're going to get that okay so you have to lift weights with a high enough intensity or load that's going to challenge you for the prescribed number of sets and reps that you're doing in order to gain muscle and I'll talk about this in a future podcast episode, how to actually do this and why this is so important. But for now, just know that changing your body composition, so decreasing adipose tissue, also known as fat tissue, and gaining higher amounts of lean mass only happens when you lift weights. And the reason why this is so relevant and important is because Muscle loss is the greatest contributor to the age-related decline 
in resting metabolic rate. Resting metabolism, that makes up about 65 to 70% of daily calorie use. Okay, so the reduction of muscle mass is actually a huge deal and can cause a lot of weight gain as you tend to age. And the great thing about trying to reverse this type of muscle loss is that you don't actually have to spend a ton of time to do it. So if you're going from not really lifting anything heavier than your purse to lifting weights that are like 20, 30 pounds and you're having somebody help you understand how to do that safely so that you feel more confident with that, you can do relatively brief sessions. If you're doing two to three, do it on non-consecutive days per week. And there's a host of studies that show that you can increase muscle mass all ages, you guys. So it, it doesn't just mean you can increase muscle mass when you're young. It means as you age as well. What's really cool about this is that when you have higher amounts of muscle mass, it necessitates more energy at rest to maintain that mus muscular tissue. So basically what that means is, let's say you have a two pound increase in muscle mass, your resting metabolic rate is now going to increase by about 20 calories per day. And I can cite that study for you, but another response in addition to that is that when you are lifting weights, what's actually happening are these little micro tears within your muscle. And I know you might freak out and think, oh gosh, that sounds bad, micro tears. Micro tears are essentially just small little traumas that require high amounts of energy for your body to come in, remodel that, and this is why you might feel sore initially. Okay, so there's different reasons for why muscle soreness occurs, which we aren't gonna dive into in this episode, but one of those reasons is starting a new training program or doing something new that you haven't done in a while. What's really cool about that is in order to repair that muscle tissue and build it back up so that it's stronger than it was the first time, there is an increase in your resting metabolic rate, approximately 7% after weeks of resistance training if you're sedentary, okay? so. That, that's talking specifically for people who are sedentary, but essentially the takeaway here is that regular resistance training increases energy expenditure at rest. Okay, so you're gonna burn more energy at rest. Now, maybe that ends up being 100 calories per day. It does play into that improved metabolic rate. And it also, because excessive body fat is associated with specific ri risk factors like having elevated plasma cholesterol or glucose, having higher resting blood pressure. All of these things contribute to developing type two diabetes and cardiovascular disease, which I mentioned at the beginning of this. And so essentially resistance training is recommended as a way to help manage obesity, but also these metabolic disorders that are related to having too much body fat. Some of the reasons why it's directly related to type 2 diabetes, insulin resistance and glycemic control, which I'll define in a second, are both improved drastically from resistance training. Insulin resistance essentially is talking about this idea that the hormone insulin 
that helps control the sugar, also known as glucose in the blood, is the body's cells aren't responding normally to insulin. So if glucose, AKA sugar, can't enter the cell as easily, it's gonna build up in the blood and the insulin that is trying to help lower the glucose level is not going to be as effective because there's just too much glucose and it can't keep up. And that can eventually lead to type two diabetes. Glycemic control is just talking about the typical levels of blood sugar that are occurring in a person that may have diabetes. So resistance training definitely helps both of those improve. To kind of recap, we've talked about body composition and how resistance training positively affects body composition. We talked about improving your metabolic rate. We talked about how both of those things play into heart disease and diabetes as well as hypertension. So next we're gonna talk about increasing bone mineral density and reducing the risk of osteoporosis. Then we're gonna dive into enhancing mood and reducing stress, reducing risk of injury and improving athletic performance. So let's, let's talk about the increasing bone density and reducing risk of osteoporosis. So what is osteoporosis? Osteoporosis is a bone disease that occurs when your body is either losing too much bone or it's making too little bone or both. And as you age, this becomes particularly relevant but as the bones get weaker, you can think about looking at a sponge or looking at a solid piece of concrete, right? The piece of concrete doesn't have any holes in it. It's solid. If you look at a sponge, you kind of see all these little holes and things, and it's just a lot weaker. If you tried to press on the sponge, obviously it's going to move. And this is a little bit of a crude example, but just getting your head that idea that there's, there's little holes kind of going throughout the bone that are causing it to be more brittle and weak. And as a result, you can have a major bone break from any type of fall or trip, which that is also related to resistance training. You're less likely to fall and trip if you're doing appropriate types of training. There's 10 million American adults who have osteoporosis and 8 million of those are females, ladies. So this is really important for you. And muscle loss, which is also called sarcopenia, is associated with bone loss, okay? So bone loss, another word for that is osteopenia. But if you do not perform resistance training, you will experience higher amounts of reduction in the bone mineral density every year that you're alive. And so, Logically, you would want to do some type of an intervention that promotes muscle gain because if the muscles that are connected to the bones are stronger and the bones are used to being put under pressure from resistance, they're also going to be stronger. So it's a really important factor to consider when you're talking about bone loss and decreased bone density and keeping your, keeping your bones strong as you get older. Moving on to enhancing mood and reducing stress, we also know that resistance training improves self-esteem and other psychological measures, which is essentially how you're perceiving yourself and 
how you're feeling about yourself, positive changes in that result from resistance training. And there was a 10-week study that was done by Anessi et al. And it showed that combining resistance training with aerobic activity, which you're probably already doing, really significantly improved self-concept, total mood disturbance, depression, fatigue, positive engagement, revitalization, tranquility, and tension in adults, which, hello, all of those things sound amazing, right? So it's definitely going to help your mood. It has also been shown to have an effect on depressed individuals. So there's been at least 17 or 18 studies that have looked at resistance training on depressive symptoms. And there has been some mixed results here, but there was sufficient evidence to support that doing resistance training is effective, not totally treating, but aiding in the reduction of depressive symptoms, which this is so cool. I mean, all of this stuff is literally possible if you start implementing two to three days a week of lifting weights. I mean, who doesn't want this in their life? I certainly do. And I didn't know half of this stuff when I started doing resistance training. I think most of us might begin doing it. Like I, <laughs> I talked about this in the podcast, talking about habit development. But sometimes the reason we start doing something is because we don't like something about ourselves. But the reason we continue to do that activity has to be one that's positive and that we affirm ourselves in. So yes, while it's great to start doing exercise because you want to change the way you look and start lifting weights because you want to be stronger and have more muscle, that's really good. But I can almost guarantee that I've listed at least one benefit here that you probably didn't know that you were going to get just from lifting weights. Last few that we're going to discuss here are reducing stress, reducing the risk of injury and improving your performance. Studies have shown that doing a single bout of resistance training can help produce moderate improvements in anxiety. And also when done over a period of six weeks or longer, it's been shown to significantly reduce anxiety. In turn, anxiety actually does affect sleep. And there was another study that looked at the promotion of sleep and young women who had generalized anxiety were analyzed. And what they found was doing resistance training, we're talking twice a week for six weeks. They compared it to a group that did just aerobic or what you think of when you think of cardio exercise. And both groups improved on the sleep, but especially the group who did the resistance training, they were able to fall asleep more quickly and sleep more efficiently. And I think we all know that when we don't get enough sleep, we tend to feel a little bit more on edge. And maybe that does contribute to higher feelings of anxiety. Another really interesting thing that you may not have considered is that when you're forced to face some type of fear head on, it can actually help you learn to be better about confronting other situations that can cause you to feel those same feelings. And for people who, let's say, breathing a little bit harder than you normally would, right? Let's say you have a certain comfort level when it comes to how hard you're pushing yourself during exercise. 
So actually breathing a little bit harder than that is a little bit scary. You feel like you're pushing yourself a little bit harder and that can actually lead to improved moods and confronting that sensation when you're doing resistance training, which will happen, especially if the weight is heavy enough. You know, there's gonna be other physiological responses that happen as a result of that, but those brief rest periods that you'll have between sets kind of allow your sensations to kind of normalize and come back down. And essentially it's like a mini exposure session. So you, you do the activity, you know, you're lifting the weight, it's hard, you're breathing, you're working really hard, you're maybe pushing yourself a little bit more than you think you can. And this leads to significant reduction in anxiety sensitivity, which is so cool. So you can actually help reduce your anxiety and improve your mood, which leads to reduced stress. So that's awesome. It also reduces the risk of injury, which can help improve physical performance. So when we're talking about reducing the risk of injury, if you have higher levels of coordination, which we know that you get from resistance training, if your muscles are stronger, if you're able to do bodily movements that we were designed to do in the correct way, and you're aware of where your body is in space, you're more aware of how you're moving throughout space, all of those things can help reduce the risk of injury and in turn improve your performance. So if you're training for a race or you're playing a recreational sport on the side, all of those things will definitely increase as a result of resistance training. Whew, okay, I know that was a ton of sciencey data. Thank you for sticking with me through that, but I hope that just opened your eyes to really understanding the huge scope of benefits that come from actually physically lifting weights. And I hope that you learned something new today. I hope that one of these really spoke to you and will help you stay disciplined in the future with this pursuit, whether you've been toying with it or whether you've been lifting for a while or whether you haven't been lifting at all and it's something new that you want to try. Pick a couple of these and write them down so that you can remind yourself of the long-term benefits as well as the short-term ones when you don't feel like doing it. Sometimes that can help with staying motivated. So if this has been convincing enough for you to say, gosh, I really want to start doing something, make sure you go check out my website and come connect with me on Instagram to see the options that I offer for helping women start resistance training. Hey friend, if you learned something new in today's show, go ahead and take a screenshot of it, post it up in your Insta stories and tag me so I can see it. Don't forget to head to iTunes to leave a review and subscribe to the show if you found value in today's podcast. You can look your best, feel energetic, and have more time to spend doing things you love. Let's encourage each other as we pursue simplicity in how we fuel and move so that we can flourish. To connect with me, come find me on Instagram at the Kelsey Lee or on my website, KelseyLeeMiller.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.